0: Let me ask this question. When do you think some people are gonna get over the fear of the past two and a half years? This is Truth To Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth To Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I asked that question for a reason. When are people gonna get over the fear of the past two and a half years? No matter where you go, there's always somebody wearing a face covering, staying six feet away. Even, I've seen people even drive their car with a face covering on. Now, I I could tell when I watched, if you remember, if anybody watched what happened last Friday night, with the Speaker of the House vote, I noticed a handful of people in the House chamber wearing these very decorative-looking face coverings. Not, not a surgical or mask, but the, these are more like a fashion statement. And, and for some people today, wearing a face mask has become both a political and a fashion statement. And for others, it is absolute terrified fear. They really believe the magic mask is going to save them from a virus. And they don't understand how small a virus really is and how 50 years of studies prove they don't do anything you know if you had something large um like a like like bacteria you know give you an idea let's say you have a face covering that can stop large droplets in bacteria that's possible understand the difference in size between a virus and bacteria if a virus is a basketball then a bacteria is going to be a ball over a hundred feet in diameter there's quite a quite a difference and, and so the idea of a face covering really stopping a virus was just a pipe dream it gave people something to do before they quote we're going to give you a cure and you have governments to this day in some school districts mandating it so these are the ones that i call you know the mass covidians that want little children to wear these things even though they're worthless and the lockdown lunacy which i believe was used to prep us for a climate change lockdown at some point now in a few minutes Jim Calhoun is going to come to the microphone and continue on that very topic of the well questionable science we know it was. And then we need to learn about how to find light-minded people and we need to pull away from this world. And Jim will talk about that as well. Now, quick update I'm recording this in advance, so it's going to take a day or two to catch up to what's really going on. As many of you know, I had surgery on Tuesday, and one that I'm not worrying about, outpatient. Uh, but there is a recovery time. I've had this surgery once before back in November, so I, we know what to expect. I actually did the radio program the day after, so it, it, I don't anticipate too much of an inconvenience. But I do need, because of what we've been through since the first surgery, and then we started the excessive bleeding again, which I lost a lot of blood and became very weak, and it's been difficult, and it's just going to take time to heal. But there's something on my heart and my mind, and it, and it pretty much coincides with some of what Jim is going to be talking about today, and that is how do we build community? How do we get past all this insanity? I worry about Christians staying connected together. We learned the hard way in March of 2020, a church can be shut down, not just for a week or two or three, but for weeks and months and (laughs) maybe over a year. Many nominal Christians are afraid to go back, never will go back. And the day's coming that Christians are going to be hated. And so part of what I'm praying about, and I'm hoping to take maybe a day or two off in the future, there's an opportunity, and I really believe that God is calling me to something with this radio program. And there'll be two ministries in essence combined, actually three or four that I'm working on. And I think the time has come. And I'm excited. And so I ask for your prayers for my continued health and getting stronger and being able to do what God has called me to do. There are people I need to contact. There are things that are going to have to change. Let me tell you, there are things that are going to have to change. I believe that we have a brief window of opportunity. I said back in August that I really believe God is going to pull back the veil. And a lot of things worldwide, not just the United States and things that have to do with the pandemic and even some of the political theater and nonsense, I think there's going to be a veil pullback in the United States and literally across the globe. And a lot of truth is going to be exposed for a period of time. Many people that are believing the lie will choose to continue to believe the lie at all cost. You'll never convince them to not believe the lie. A number of people that have been on the fence or unsure will be able to make their decision of what they do or do not believe. And they're going to still be some that don't care about anything. They just go on with their lives blindly. But it's during this window of opportunity that I think will last about two years. And as the truth continues to be revealed over these two years, that we will have time to plant ministries that will be life-changing and sustain us for the next time of persecution that is going to come. There's no doubt in my mind. We're not gonna win the world at the ballot box. We can just stave off things a little longer. And we might in two years, who knows? We didn't get that big red wave here in the United States to fix everything. I'm not gonna count on it in two years, but I am gonna count on God to sustain me, sustain you, sustain this ministry, and the ministry God is assembling to keep his people glued together. So keep me in your prayers. And I'll talk to you again later this week. Right now, Jim Calhoun is going to continue the discussion about all the crazy lockdowns and the mass-covidians. Here's Jim Calhoun. Thanks, Bob. And it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder.
1: I'm very grateful that I'm able to come to the radio today and help Bob as he needs to take care of some medical issues. And so we need to keep Bob Beerman in our prayers. I would really appreciate that. Today, I'm going to be talking about the distinct possibility that things are going to deteriorate to the point where we're going to have to choose where we're going to do business or whether we can do business or survive in certain different aspects of our society. I think we're coming to a time where there's going to be an us and them in hyper mode. And I think, unfortunately, we're going to be the them and not the us, because I think that we are a very small little group here. And I think the group of people that would never submit to the Mark of the Beast is a very small remnant. And I'm afraid that that's kind of where things are heading. And so if we're not going to have the ability to buy or sell or do anything that we need to do for our daily life, then we're going to have to come up with alternative ways to get it done. I think the time is fast approaching that people that believe in traditional values are going to be considered an alternative lifestyle. And I think that we're going to have all sorts of goods and services withheld from us because of our beliefs. Just like they did with this COVID vax, this death jab, that they were denying people certain rights and their freedoms if they didn't get the death jab. And these people will never apologize for doing that. As a matter of fact, they're getting ready to do it again. And I feel there's going to be other bioweapons released. And I feel that there's many more bioweapons and similar things that they have in the planning stages that someday we're going to be hit with. And so I do foresee a time where we're going to have to make some very hard and fast choices. And I, for one, am never going to get the mark of the beast. I'm never going to conform. I'm always going to be a lost cause as far as the people in power are concerned because I'm never going to submit to tyranny. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm not going to submit to their lifestyle demands. Now I don't know whether they're going to ever outlaw Christianity, but it wouldn't surprise me if someday they tried to do so. Anything that takes away from their ability to have 100% control and power over the population, I think that these tyrants will either banish or try to banish it. Whether some of these things happen in my lifetime or not, I'm not sure. But I do think mankind needs to understand that we are at a crossroads. And so I would start right now looking at your everyday life, things that you do on a daily basis, and ask yourself, could I do this in a different way? Could I survive if I lost the ability to, let's say, go to a doctor let's say that your social credit score is not good enough so you don't qualify to go to the doctor to get an aspirin in other words the powers that be at the time wouldn't care whether you lived or died and so as long as you're not conforming they're not going to help you that could happen someday same way with a food bank I foresee a time where you're gonna go to a food bank and and you'll not have a good enough social credit score because you're not a good citizen because you're not complying. And so they'll say, we're sorry you're on the list that we can't serve you today. Have a nice day, and they'll kick you out on the street. I foresee the possibility of that happening as well. And it would be real easy to comply and sign your name to whatever they want signed or take the mark or whatever they request you to do that's the easy way out. And of course, I'm never going to do that. I always take the hard way anyway, so why would I take the easy way out here? But there are alternatives out there. We do have choices. If we start right now recognizing what we need, when we need it, why we need it, and how we can obtain it. If we can answer some simple questions and start the ball rolling now, That if and when some of these things happen, we will be able to go on living a life as normal as possible. Now, of course, if you're singled out to be shunned or canceled or what have you, it seems like it would be harder to cope with day to day life and to actually function as you want to function. And I'm going to start with the social media because I want to give you a for instance. I am not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Instagram, I'm not on TikTok, I'm not on any of these platforms, I'm not on YouTube, and I've had many people say, you will never be a success as a broadcaster unless you are in social media, unless you advertise on Facebook and all the others, and have a presence there. That's the only way that you're going to survive as a broadcaster. I heard that from several people. And also, I've had people say that if you don't set up with PayPal, there's no way that you can get contributions to keep the show going. I've heard both things. Well, when I started broadcasting with the help of Bob Beerman, I decided that I was going to build that part of my career from the beginning, from the foundation, with no Facebook and no Twitter and none of the others. And I was never going to use PayPal or any other organization that could come in and confiscate my funds because I don't trust these people because they're all controlled. And so I decided that if I built it from the get-go that I didn't need it, that I'd never miss it. And so far, I'm well into my second year broadcasting, and my show is growing steadily, and I'm very happy with what's happening with my show, and I'm also happy to help out Bob Bierman. And I know Bob Behrman's show is growing. And so I can honestly say that I did not use Facebook or any of these others to grow my program. Never have, never will. And so that's the mindset we're going to have to have. If things come push to shove, whether we're going to be able to buy or sell, whether we submit or not, or get vaccinated, or whatever they're going to throw at us, if we're able to go ahead and function without them, then I think that we're better off. Now I do use one social media site. It's called veteranbrigades.com. It's very small and you always are in contact with the owner of the site. He's a good patriot and no I don't get a lot of traction from there because the community is so extremely small. But I do trust them and so that's what I use for my social media. But I would never use these big tech companies that censor and cancel. No way. I don't believe on building on foundations of sand. And if there ever was building a business on a foundation of sand, it's Facebook and the others like that. That's my opinion. I know some people have been very successful doing so, but I have a feeling that there will come a time that they will even regret building their business on that platform. And so what I'm trying to say is it is possible to work outside the framework of modern technology and modern society. I don't have a smartphone, and I've got to the point where I don't believe in smartphones, because while they're very useful, and people enjoy them a lot, they can be used for nefarious things that you don't even know about. They can track you, they can do all sorts of things. They can do things that are detrimental to you, and so I don't carry one. And so I don't own a smartphone, I own a flip phone, and I don't carry it. And my car doesn't have any computers on it. Matter of fact, it's so old it still has points in a condenser. It's not even electronic ignition. I seem to get by just fine. I get to where I'm going just fine. And my car doesn't spy on me. And nobody knows where my car is because my car is a stupid car from way back before they had smart cars and things that could track you. Now do I have a car like that because I'm paranoid? No, I have a car like that because I've had it for over 30 years and it's never failed me and so I keep driving it. I'm not trying to make any social statement or anything with it. It's just dependable and I like dependable and so I keep it. When it comes to food, They're putting all sorts of things in our food with preservatives and chemicals that are not good for us. Now, that seems to be tolerable compared to the graphene and things that I hear that they are putting into some of the food and some of the nanotechnology that they are putting in some of the food and the GMO and some of the chemicals that they're putting on our food in the field they don't put those things inside our food for our health. They put those things inside our food for other things other than health. And the reason you eat food is to keep your health. Now you might enjoy eating food, but ultimately you eat to live. And they're putting things in our food that do not help us live. And I think that's a pretty well-established fact that that is indeed what's going on. And so grow your own food. And if you can't grow your own food, you can still join with a gardening group and tell them up front, I am not going to be able to garden because I don't have the time or don't have the health or what have you, but I will buy your product. Go ahead and set it up. But I will be a customer. I will buy what you grow. Anything in excess you want to sell, I would like to buy from you. And also, you can co-op with people and tell them that you will buy the seeds, maybe buy a hose or two and a sprinkler or two, and in turn, you'll get some produce. There's always ways we can establish a buddy system. And I think if there ever was a year that we need to have food that is untainted, that is actually available that we can get our hands on, we have to grow it ourselves. And even if you can't physically grow it yourself, you can hire someone to grow it or possibly, like I say, join one of these, join a garden group. You'll always be able to find someone that you can buddy with when it comes to a garden. Maybe you can put in one day a week in a garden and so you actually go out and work the garden for one day a week. There's always ways to barter your time for produce. And when it comes to protein, even if you live in a city, get to know a local butcher. Or if you live outside the cities, find a source of beef and pork and chicken through local farmers. The old saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. But I think that you need to start doing that in 2023. I think we need to start building that little society that you're going to live in and have it all in place. Whether you use it Very much or not right now is immaterial. But if the framework is there, and all of a sudden, the quote-unquote leaders we have pass some bill that says that everyone has to do X, Y, and Z to be able to buy food in a grocery store, well, then you're going to be one step ahead of them. And so I think that's what this show is kind of leaning towards, is trying to tell people we need to get out in front of this thing. Because believe me, they're coming like gangbusters. They're trying to get out in front of anything that we can do. And they're trying to head us off at the pass before we get there. And so our job is to get to the pass before they can head us off at the pass. If that makes any sense, I hope it does. But definitely the powers that be do not have your best interest or my best interest at heart. They just don't. And another thing that you should be able to do, and I've stressed this many times, is you need to learn how to forage. There are so many edible plants out there. God provided everything we need on this planet to live. Everything. We just need to know how to find it, because it's there. Do you think that mankind traditionally only ate four or five common vegetables and two or three common meats? Do you think that's how mankind survived through the centuries? Of course not. Mankind has eaten multitudes of different protein sources. Mankind has eaten all sorts of fish and birds and animals. And they've consumed all sorts of plants and vegetables that are natural and native to different areas all around the world. But since there's no money in that or they can't commercially be farmed, all of a sudden, all of a sudden your diet gets really small. You can have corn or peas or beans. You can have potatoes, rice, onions, and then all of a sudden you're almost through the list. You know, you can have okra and other things on your list, but for the most part, what I just mentioned is the main part of the human diet, at least in the Western world. But if you learn how to forage, there are hundreds of plants that grow in your area that are better for you and actually taste better than what I just mentioned. And other than your time and your effort to go forage for them, they're free. And so there are ways to build a community outside the common grocery store chain type of a situation we have now. And so if you're told by a big mega corporation, big box store that sells groceries, that you can't buy there because A, you're not a member, or B, Your membership has been revoked because you won't take a death jab or what have you. That you simply can just switch gears and you'll already have a plan in place of how you're going to go ahead and feed your family. And the same thing goes for medical care. Right now, you need to search out holistic, natural practitioners that are licensed, that are legal and ready to go. Find the closest one to your area and go check that out and become a patient. And there are lots of people that would be interested in practicing such medicine, but there's not as much money in it or there's not as much security in that as there is going with the medicine right now with big pharma. But I'm going to tell you this, if hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people would switch over to holistic doctors, all of a sudden the need for holistic doctors would become so great that there are people that will step in and learn that profession and become natural holistic doctors to fill the need because they will know they can make some money and their position will be secure as far as them having a job. And so when you find these alternative stores and alternative places and alternative ways, you need to go ahead and start patronizing the businesses and the professionals. Even if it's just going to a farmer's market, Getting those relationships established, I think, is very, very vital for 2023. And going back to the medical, it's been said that you are your own best physician, and I do believe that. So you need to do your part to stay healthy, to keep your immune system as best it can be, to eat right, to exercise To do the things that you really know deep down that you haven't been doing that you need to do to get your health in tip-top shape, you need to do that instead of waiting for your health to deteriorate to the point where you desperately need medical intervention, which is what most people do. But that's the wrong way to look at it. We need to look at the traditional view of Chinese medicine where it's all preventative. And I think that that's where our biggest hope will lie is in trying not to get sick in the first place. But if you do get sick, you need to have a holistic doctor that you can go see. Now, if it comes to surgery or things like that, I think that you're going to have to go back into the established medical profession. I don't think that you're going to find anybody that's going to be able to do any surgery on you that is an herbalist. I really don't think that's going to happen. I will say this. The stronger that we can make alternative medicine, and also alternative food sources, and anything that's alternative. The stronger that we can make that, the better it's going to be for us in the long run. And it not only strengthens the alternative ways to do things, it actually weakens what's out there right now that I feel is detrimental towards humanity. And so it is a two-edged sword. We help one, and we hinder the other. Now, there's never going to be enough of us to make a huge difference as far as hindering what I think is the wrong way to do things, but there will be enough of us that we will be able to make a difference in assisting the alternative lifestyle choices and the people that can help supply us and help us live our lives. That can definitely be enhanced if we support it. You know, there's an old saying that says, use it or lose it. And I guess that's what I'm getting at with the alternative sources that you may need in your life, is that I think you need to go ahead and find those sources and use them. Because if you say, okay, I found them and I'll use them maybe if, well, if everyone said that, then if maybe if actually happens, then you go to that source and find out that six months earlier, that source went out of business or quit their practice or whatever because of lack of interest, well, you haven't gained anything. I found that building relationships with small businesses and their owners really does pay dividends, not only in friendship, but also in your pocketbook. And so there are ways around everything. Now, I don't think that the New World Order people, if they start controlling all of the big players as far as the big box stores and the megla corporations i think they're going to control them right from the outset but if you have a mom and pops hardware store in the town in which you live well i doubt very seriously that they're going to be very high up on the control list and while eventually they may become controlled if things really get kicked in like a martial law situation or whatever evil might be coming towards us you should have a reasonable amount of time to still be able to do business with some of these small players before they would be run out of business or would be forced to comply with whatever mandate. And like I said earlier, where there's a will, there's a way. And so we need to understand that it's up to us right now to do what we need to do as far as homework. And so we need to take a real good look at ourselves and our lives and find out every way possible that we can live our life to the fullest without having to sacrifice our freedoms and without having to take an oath or a mark or something we don't want to take. Even if it means that we're ostracized and punished and canceled, we need to be able to just keep on keeping on. And so I think 2023 needs to be a foundational year to where you start building that foundation for an uncertain future. And after
0: the break, I'll be back. And thank you, Jim. And Jim, we'll be right back in just a few minutes. And Jim is right. We need to begin to building those parallel items to take care of our needs. Now, there are many people out there. I mean, I know the founder of Gab is one that talks about a parallel economy, and there are many others. And I believe that many others are being called to do their part to build those structures, those platforms, places, and materials to sustain us in the next lockdown, the next pandemic, the next whatever it is that's going to be. I really believe, and I've felt this for quite a while, that I will have my little part. Others are gonna have their little part. We're gonna share together with you somehow we're going to make this work for the glory of God if you believe in this ministry and the things that we're doing here would you consider giving it your financial support to keep it on shortwave radio I think that's going to be really important in the days ahead if you can help us you can support us from our website truthnumber 2 pondercom or you can mail a check made payable to ancient word radio ancient word radio and that is post office box 510 p.o box 510 and the city is chilhowie c-h-i-l-h-o-w-i-e chilhowie virginia and the zip code in chilhowie is 24319 this is truth to ponder with bob beerman holy food holy
2: energy coming up shalom alechem this is the nice jewish boy jonathan kahn your jewish connection bringing you the riches of your jewish roots in jesus Now get your pen out as fast you can so you don't miss out They're receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment The priests of Israel had higher standards in everything. They had to eat holy food. They lived off of the sacrifices. They ate the holy sacrifices of God. They were the holy ministers of God. And so the holy ministers of God had to live off of holy food. Now, when you eat food, the food turns to energy and substance. So if you partake of unholy things, you end up with unholy energy to do unholy things. Lust and carnality, idolatry, pride, bitterness, and morale, all that stuff. But in order to live a holy life, you need holy energy. And to have holy energy, you have to have holy food. You have to eat holy food. So the key is, if you eat holy food, you end up with holy energy. The energy to do holiness, to do good things, the energy to love, the energy to repent, to do right, the energy to be break free from sin, the energy to be victorious in God. But how do you eat holy food? When you partake of things that are good, when you dwell on things that are pure, righteous, holy, the word of God, the love of God, when you rejoice in what's right, as Philippians says, whatever is good, right, pure, excellent, let your mind dwell on these things, you are then partaking into your spirit and that holy thing becomes holy energy. You are called a royal priest and the priest of God has to eat holy food. So eat holy holy food, partake of what is good, partake of what is of heaven, stop partaking of junk food and partake of the things of God, rejoice in them, soak them in, let them come in and you will walk with something new, you'll have the power and energy of godliness. Want more, ask for the food of the priest on CD. Now, what if somebody offered you a million dollars? Well, something better. A strong and victorious walk. Something to help you have a strong, victorious life in God. A free subscription to Sapphires. It's like vitamins for your spirit and the incredible mystery of the temple doors on CD. Yours free. You'll love it. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember the real name of Jesus, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. So for your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA1. The harvest is great. The labors are few. I invite you to join me in the harvest. You don't need a plow, just an open harder and a pen, and you can reach the unreached peoples of the world in the most exciting massive way blanket the earth cover this planet with salvation on shortwave radio farthest way to spread the gospel just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 1-800-YESHUA-1 or write me direct the nice jewish boy at box 1111 lodi lodi new jersey 07644 it's a nice jewish boy box 1111 lodi lodi new jersey 07644 well till next time this is jonathan Khan saying eat the right food my friend don't eat junk shalom aleichem peace be to you and messiah Lacham the bread of life.
0: This
1: is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to the second half of the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Beerman today. And once again, we need to keep Bob Beerman in our prayers as he deals with some health issues. And I'm not going to go into that. I'll let Bob do that on his show. Just know that we need to keep bobbing our prayers. I would very much appreciate that. Well, as I'm putting these shows together, I'm realizing that I'm kind of starting to lose my voice. But I'm kind of on a time deadline, so I'm just going to go ahead and fight through this. Earlier this afternoon, I had to chase some cows through snow drifts. And the temperature about 20 degrees outside. And I had to exert myself in the snow. And I had to hoop and holler and get the cows moving. And so I kind of scalded my voice a little bit, and I do apologize for that. But such is life out on the range. You have to do what you have to do. Well, I'm going to pick up where I left off on the first half of the show, and that's finding alternative ways to do things. Now, you know that shortwave is very much an alternative source. It has been alternative for quite a few years, but there was a time where shortwave was pretty much the standard. And people would gather around the radio sets and try to tune in different exotic places like Tokyo or London or something like that. And almost all the old radios that were shortwave, they had right on their dial what country that you could tune into with your shortwave. And so there truly was a golden age of shortwave radio. But I think that we are entering a new golden age for shortwave. I really do truly believe that. One thing is that I find that people that listen to shortwave, and no offense to the podcast listeners because you're wonderful too, and I'm not trying to offend the podcast listeners because I truly feel that the listeners to Truth to Ponder are a cut above whether they listen on shortwave or podcast, but it seems like the shortwave listeners are the ones that are more willing to step out on the sea, so to speak. They're more willing to take chances to do things a little bit different. And I think the people that listen to shortwave would be more open and probably more successful at getting an alternative lifestyle going as far as where they're going to find their food and how they're going to live their daily life. And I have always been a fan of shortwave radio, but I've not always listened to shortwave. It was only after this 2020 debacle happened that I decided to rediscover shortwave because I knew instinctively that there was too many people walking in lockstep. So I knew that the public service announcements would all be slanted and biased, and I realized that the news would be nothing more than propaganda, and I remembered from my younger years when I used to listen to shortwave when I was a teenager, that it seemed like that the information I got on shortwave was a lot more thorough, a lot more heartfelt, a lot more correct. It seemed to be more balanced, it seemed to have people that actually cared to be broadcasting. And so I gravitated back towards shortwave because I knew that's where I would be able to find the people that I would be looking for to get my information. And that is how I found Bob Bierman I was flipping around the dial on my shortwave radio and all of a sudden I hear this voice and I hear the name of the show, Truth to Ponder, and I was hooked the first show. and There are several other shortwave shows I listen to on a daily basis and I get a lot of information. As a matter of fact, I get more information off the shortwave broadcasts than I ever could anywhere else. Now, I do go online and do some research. But again, online, there's a lot of censorship, and there's a lot of things out there that are just not so. And I'm going to take a little bit of time here, not much, but I'm going to mention this Q movement, because I have several friends that are really big into this Q thing, even yet, and one of them told me last week that Nancy Pelosi and Bill Clinton and some other person were in Guantanamo and were executed, or or something like that. And what was really sad is that these people really believe it. And there might be some Q fans that listen to Truth to Ponder. I'm not trying to belittle you, and I'm not trying to bring you down in any way. But I am just going to say this. The easiest way to defeat someone is to tell them that they've already won or they're winning, and so they don't try. And so we have a lot of people that normally are very smart people, that are buying into some things that are not so. And if you think that a person is dead, then you will no longer oppose that person because that person is gone. He's already been dealt with. And so while there was talk among the Q people saying that Nancy Pelosi had been executed, at the time they were celebrating that in their mind, Nancy Pelosi was still damaging our country. And so you can't say they're body doubles or robots or anything like that because these people are still damaging you. And I really think this whole cube movement is nothing but a farce because if you really truly think that Donald Trump is in control right now, if you truly think that all of these people, all the Clintons and all the Obamas and all these people have been executed or they're awaiting execution, And that there are military tribunals taking place and everything's under control. Then I think your focus is in the wrong place. I really do. I think that you need to check your pride in at the door. And rethink what you've been told. And again I'm going to say the easiest way to defeat someone. Is to convince them that they've already won. And most of the Q people that I know and have talked to believe they've already won, that everything's going according to plan. And I really, truly wish that this group of people would wake up. Now, picking up where I left off in the first part of the show, there are so many ways that we can step out of the powers that be type of a system. Take Bill Gates, for example, and the Gates Foundation. I think that man is extremely evil. I think that his foundation has done many, many evil things. Maybe a few good things, I don't know. But I do know that they've done some very evil things with vaccines. And you have Bill Gates, who's not a doctor, that is acting like he is a doctor, acting like he's an expert on vaccines, and he's being treated as he's a doctor. If I would go on the air and pass myself off like he does, And people would assume that I had a doctorate, that I was a medical doctor or a virologist or some such researcher. Then I would rightfully be taken off the air and possibly have legal action taken against me for impersonating a doctor. But yet Bill Gates impersonates a doctor every day and he gets away with it. And while I do use some Microsoft products, I don't like to, but I have some computers that are Windows. I'm one of the few that operate both systems at the same time. As a matter of fact, I use two computers for my show. One is a PC and one is a Mac. And which do I like better? I like them both. I'll just say that. But when it comes to buying software or paying a monthly fee or a yearly fee to Microsoft Corporation, I don't do that. I chose an alternative way to go. And what I do is I do open source different software. And don't let the word open source fool you into thinking it's inferior. There's a lot of really good designers out there that are out of work. They go ahead and do what they do. They design and they create. And they shop it around. And if they can't get it bought by one of the big boys, they go ahead and put it on as an open source. And then they count on donations from people who use their software to make a little money to pay for their effort to design the software. And I've been using open source software for years, and I'm very well aware of some of the bells and whistles that I don't have that are in some of the modern Microsoft packages that they sell as far as buying their software or paying a fee to use it. But I find that if you can get two or three of these open source software packages... Then you can go from one to another and get almost every bell and whistle, but you might have to work just one step or two more to accomplish it. But I'm going to give you some recommendations of what I use because they work very well. If you have the Microsoft Office products and you're making payments on that, well, there's a good way to save money and keep your productivity at about the same level, if not even more. Because some of this open source software has features that the big guys don't have. Now there's some features they don't have. There's kind of a, there's a give and take you have to have here. But for documents, I have two open source programs I use. One of them is by the Apache group, and it's called OpenOffice. And OpenOffice is a very good program. I think everyone should have this on their computer, whether they use Microsoft or not. Because OpenOffice is that good of a program. And if you design documents and posters and do artwork and things like that, then OpenOffice is a very good choice. And for publishing things, as far as desktop publishing, if you're going to publish a book or a pamphlet or business cards, or if you want to use it as a word pad or anything else, it's capable. It's capable of doing many, many things. And that program is called Scribus, S-C-R-I-B-U-S. And it's not an easy program to learn. It's got some things that are unique to that program that you won't be used to. And so it's frustrating to get to learn to how to use Scribus. I will admit that. But once you learn the capabilities of Scribus, that the capabilities are almost endless. It's absolutely a genius program. But I will say that the casual user might have a little bit of problems getting used to some of the functions and how they work. But between those two programs, I can cut Microsoft software totally out of my life, which I've done. And when it comes to audio, if you have audio projects that need to be done, if you have some very high-tech audio projects, and let's say you want to do a lot of multi-tracking, let's say with music or commercials or what have you, One of the best recording softwares out there that's free is called Cakewalk by BandLab. And that software is very amazing. But I have found that a lot of the amazing software out there that does everything, sometimes they skimp on some of the basics. So I've downloaded a few open source audio programs that I like so well that actually I'm using one right now you're listening to my voice being recorded on a program called Waveshop and Waveshop was designed way back with Windows XP it's very much an older program and it doesn't do a whole lot but what it was designed for was to give you the cleanest recordings possible with nothing added and nothing taken away and when you're recording your voice that's the point You want to record your voice. And so I tried out a lot of programs. And I've come to find that this WaveShop is probably the cleanest out there. Even though it's no longer supported and it's very old, it works great. And while it doesn't have all the editing features that I need, it does have enough. I can do a lot of my work in WaveShop. Another older program that I think you should look into, and it's free. And it works well, even though it's very much a blast from the past. It's called Waveosaur, And I also use Waveosaur for a couple of my editing functions. I don't use that one as much as WaveShop, but I do like it. And I think it's worth downloading. It doesn't take much room on your computer, and it doesn't cost you anything. In one of the older programs I've downloaded and used a little bit, it's called Jukosher, And I think Jukosher was a great idea. It didn't last very long in its development stage. There are VST plugins and things that you can do with it, but you have to search for them, and there's really nothing online that tells you how to use this program. And so that's more of a hobby of mine of trying to get that one functional because it does intrigue me. But I didn't mention on WaveShop and Waveosaur that both of them you can have all sorts of VST plugins, and Waveosaur and WaveShop both are pretty well supported online with their own communities. Now, there's not a lot of action there, but they've kept their archives up, and so you can get a lot of answers. And Wevosore seems to have one of the best sites out there as far as supporting their software, because you can go to their website and get all of your plugins and all your downloads you need to enhance your experience in Wavosor. Now, a couple of months ago, I was having all sorts of audio issues. Well, I found it was a virus in one of my programs. And so I deleted that program, I no longer use it, and voila, I have no more problems. But I will say that I do use one store-bought program, and I use that to put all the shows together, but I'm looking hard at switching over to the Cakewalk as opposed to the other one, because the Cakewalk looks like it has a lot more functions. So if you own a business or you use an office for whatever reason, I think these open source things can really help you an awful lot and there's open source photo enhancers and there's open source everything out there and so i would look real hard at going open source as well now getting back to the alternative lifestyle as far as rubber meets the road there are people out there that know how to be plumbers same way with electricians and about any other profession Or there are people that are older and retired from that profession. And a lot of people that are older and retired, they go ahead and keep their license and they keep everything up to date. And so when it comes to your waterworks in your house, or it comes to a carpentry or electrician or whatever, there are people out there that can do you an awesome job. There are people out there that you can barter with that no longer own their business or, or are on the payroll of a business and you can get them to moonlight and help you out. And that goes for everything, from carpet layers to painters to you name it. There are people out there that are willing to work, but you have to find them. And 2023 needs to be a year to where we start putting all these things together. Now, I've been doing it for a couple of years, and there's really nothing that I need that I don't know how to go get. I guess the exception of that would be gasoline for my car. But I did a show earlier that told you about a gasifier to where you can make your own fuel to run your car down the road. And while that's very extensive, it's going to take quite a bit of time and expertise and money to build, I have plans for that as well. And so it might take me a month to build it, but if I was ever cut off from fuel, I could devote my time to building this gasifier, and within probably 30 days, I could be back on the road, self-sufficient. And you see, that's the way we need to take everything in our life. Now, I'm not saying that we need to become self-sufficient. I'm saying we need to be able to be self-sufficient. Now, I know that's kind of parsing words, and there's a fine line there, but I'm not asking anyone to live like I live. Because I live pretty simple, I live pretty primitive, but I like it that way, and it seems to work for me. Now, would it work for other people? Some would love it, some would hate it. But if everyone knew how to live like I live, whether they live that way or not, then they would have a peace of mind that if everything would come tumbling down, they would know exactly where they're going to land and how they're going to cope with it and what they're going to do. And so I think that really, it's all a mindset. If we get ourselves mentally prepared, and that means training ourselves and understanding that we need to deal with realism. And I talked last show about this phony fake world that we live in. I think the more time we spend in reality, the more time that we use to build our rubber meets the road type of a life situation then the more strength we're going to have. And let's say that you learn some skills but never have to use them. But let's say you have a family member or a friend or an acquaintance that could really use that knowledge and they would actually have to be in that situation. They would have to use the alternative ways to function. Well, if you would know how to do that, then you could teach them and train them. And so this does not have to be a one-sided thing with me up here spouting what I think that needs to happen and giving you my opinions. I think it's time for you to take what you know and help the next person. We need to pay it forward. We need to have this system going, this buddy system, this society that we need to build. It can start right now. It can start tonight with the listeners of Truth to Ponder. All it takes is a spark and it takes a willingness. And once you start getting alternative places where you can do business and you start finding out that the people that you are dealing with are dependable and that they'll have your back if a situation would ever warrant them needing to have your back, they would definitely have it. The big box store is not going to have your back. They just won't. That's not what they're in business for. And so, again, I have to stress, you have to go small. You have to shop small. You have to get relationships with small business owners. And if you are a small business owner, you need to be open for relationships. You need to stand tall that you and your business really do matter in the big scheme of things. Even though your business might be micro-sized small compared to the big box store. Know that your business can be a lifeline to a family someday. And so do your best to be able to meet these needs. And if you're thinking about going into business, I really think that one thing you should look at is not being a survivalist and getting into that market because there's a lot of people that sell survival gear. But there are niches within that survivalist group that they really need to have filled. There are goods and services that people want, and I think later on will actually need, and that might be a good thing for you to look at, is being able to fill some of these needs. I hope you got something from this program today. I'm not trying to scare anybody, and I'm not trying to tell anyone how to live their life or what to do, but I am telling you this. Time is short for us to get our minds right, our spiritual life right, everything mental and physical, time is getting short for us to be able to concentrate on that before things get out of hand and we're going to be in the business of surviving. And we're not in that yet. We're not to that point where we're just surviving. But if we get to that point, I want you as a Truth to Ponder listener to be a survivor. I don't want you to be one of those that are on the outside looking in. And as the Bible says, the end times will be like as in the days of Noah. And you have to understand that as in the days of Noah literally means as in the days of Noah, 100% all the way through. It's not just talking about Noah, and it's not only talking about the people that perished, but it also speaks to the actions. There did come a time where that door of the ark had to shut, and when it shut, it stayed shut and if you were on the outside of the ark you had no hope you were gonna perish and so I'm saying right now that comparing your ability to get through a hard situation to the ark is this if you have the ability to get on board with having food and get on board with having shelter and get on board with having your medical needs met, if you can do that by yourself, even if you have the powers that be that are trying to keep you from having food and water and medicine and so forth, if you're still able to get on board, then you're gonna be one that survives. But if you wait until the door is shut and then all of a sudden you're told, that for some reason you can't buy and sell until you get a mark well then you're either going to get the mark or you're going to suffer and so what I really think is that we need to really put our heads around that that now is the time for us to take action in our own lives and I hope you got something from this show today and I want to wish Bob Beerman a speedy recovery and keep him in your prayers and I want to ask you to consider donating to Truth to Ponder. And you can do so by going to Bob's website, which is truth 2 and going to the support tab. And once you're at the support tab, you can go ahead and read that, and it'll tell you how you can give electronically. But if you want to go old school and send it by mail, you would mail to truth2ponder.com. P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Howie Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. And your donations are very much appreciated. Well, thank you for listening, and until next time, everyone, stay safe, stay strong, stay alert. But most important of all, replace fear
0: with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth2ponder.com. That's truth2ponder.com. Truth to
1: Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.